Bowl season is winding down, so it's time to get in before it's all over with my bookie. Don't be the guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching the game, whooping it up. No, not this year. Not with all the bowl games that have already gone on and with bowl games still to bet on. You can do it right now, including the national championship, Jan 7. It really is still the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership cares and has good customer service. They offer the craziest props as well. Whether you be- Where you bet is just as important as who you are betting on. And if you want to make money during the bowl season, you've got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. Join now and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice fat bankroll to get going. Use promo code ZABE, that's ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, when you deposit to activate the offer. At my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Today on the ZABEcast, Happy New Year! Now, holy shit, where's the Tylenol? As Clark Griswold once said. We've got bowl games today, not as many as we once did, but still. And I've got thoughts on Black Monday, Jay Gruden, Antonio Brown, and much more. All that plus Andy Poland, who threatens to come to Zabe Vegas. My New Year's resolutions, humble as they may be, and more. Your essential Sports Talk Day starter is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! And here he is, having the time of his life! Tuesday, January 1st, 2019. Thank you for downloading and Happy New Year! Hope that hangover is not too bad today. Hope you found out where your car was in case you had to go find it this morning. We'll start with an email from a listener, Justin, in Indianapolis, who writes the following, Zabe, I just wanted to point out that by winning that Jets game, the Packers lost five spots each round in the draft. I counted four, but I guess it depends on how you count the spots. Cue the Nelson Muncian ha-ha for such stupidity. Hope the bourbon is strong for your podcast recording. Yes, the bourbon right now. Actually, the ice is melted, so got to get another one back in there. Okay. I'd never thought of it this way, and it makes sense. I always think, yeah, you're going to hurt your draft position for the first round, and then I forget about all the other rounds. Five spot, or in this case, four spots, four spots, four spots, four spots, four spots, four spots. How many times do we see teams in the NFL flip an extra fifth or sixth or seventh rounder late in the draft, second day in the draft, just to scooch up a couple of spots? Because they fall in love with a guy in the fifth round. Like, oh, this is the guy. We can't let him slip. Damn it, we're worried this team's going to take him. Boom. Here's next year's fifth. Take him. If you had to pay for a move up, in the first round, the second round, the third round, if you had to pay retail on draft day to move up four spots in every round, it would decimate your draft picks for several years spending those draft picks. But by winning a meaningless game, that's exactly what the Packers have done. It's what the uh, it's what the Cardinals almost did by winning that one that last game in Seattle. They came really close. It's impossible to tell players to lay down. You're not going to be able to achieve that. Players are going to play as hard as they want to play as a team. And I think the Cardinals were kind of pissed off that Steve Wilkes was going to get the axe, and they knew it, and so they rose up and they played maybe one of their best games of the year. That said, 
it's stupid to actually win those games. What I would do as an owner is instruct my coach, I don't want this to look like a regular season game. I want it to look like a preseason game. I want you to bench certain guys. I want you to deactivate certain guys. We're going to treat this game as meaningless as it really is. I wouldn't go as far as call a running play on every single down and punt. That might be stretching it just a bit. But no, I would not make any great efforts to win games because it does cost you. So I was looking up the cost to move up just a couple of picks, and it's expensive. It's more expensive as you get closer to the top of the draft. For example, when the Jets moved up to get Sam Darnold last year, they had to move up three spots from six to three. They gave up an additional three second-round picks, including the 37th and 49th overall picks. So those are, you know, the 37th is almost a late first. So three second-rounders to move three spots. The Eagles, to go up to get Wentz, went from eight to two. They gave up a a third and a fourth in the year that they swapped, 2016, a first-rounder last year, and they're going to give up a second-rounder this year. In fact, they did give us a second-rounder in 2018. So that's a third, a fourth, a first, a second, a third, a fourth. A one, a two, a three, a four. That's to move from eight to two, six spots. The Rams, to move up to get Jared Goff, paid a fortune. Fifteen. They went from 15 all the way to one, and they gave up a first in 2016, two seconds in 2016, a third in 2016, plus a first and a third in 2017. Two ones, two twos, two threes. Wow. That actually dwarfs the Redskins scooching up from six to two, a move of four spots, to go from uh, to get you know to get RG three six to two they gave up a first rounder in 2013 another first rounder in 2014 and they threw in a second round pick with the year that they switched it's it's lunacy and you know the Packers yay you rallied to beat the Jets in overtime congratulations you just hurt yourself tremendously in the draft but okay and Aaron Rodgers got concussed so there's that as well. Since it is a new year, let me just go ahead and start the year off right, or at least set the record straight for the new year, because I get tweets occasionally from people that say, yeah, well, after the way you did, Bob and Brian, you deserve this, or I'm glad your team is suffering, or some other reference therein. If you read my blog post today, New Year, New Opportunities, Zabe.com, you would have seen the explanation as to what really happened. Now, I understand I had been a part of your life as listeners and fans of that show for 24 years. And then all of a sudden, one day, gone. And I didn't say anything afterwards for reasons I'm going to explain right now. And the station and the show didn't say really anything either for their own reasons. It's not ideal. I I do apologize. It does suck. I would say that you are owed some sort of explanation, and I didn't like the way that it went down. But it was out of my control. Basically, what happened was this. My contract was coming to an end. I negotiate directly with the station, as do those guys, and does Carrie and everyone else. And so it's not like I'm negotiating with Bob and Brian. My contract was coming to an end. Everyone was aware of that. And... 
as it was coming to an end, I was presented with an opportunity that was just phenomenal. And I took a long, hard consideration of what am I doing, what's the best thing to do, and I came to the conclusion of you cannot pass this opportunity up. It's sort of like when you're being part of Bob and Brian is when they picked me up, when they said, yes, you can be our sports guy, it's like I was a guitarist. I was a nobody that got picked up by the one of the best rock bands around. And I got to learn from them and play with them and be on their stage and to surf in their wake for 24 years. And they made me better because I got this FM morning show sensibility about me that I thought was very valuable. I know it's very valuable to me overall as a sports radio host because so many sports radio hosts are very uptight, condescending, pontificating, AM radio. I'm going to make a statistical argument here. And Bob and Brian taught me how to not take things nearly so seriously. So what they did for me was incalculable. It was the break of a lifetime. It was great. But here I am at this stage of my career, and along comes an opportunity, sort of like another record label said, hey, we really like what you do, Zabe. We want to back you to start a new band and to make records for us. And I'm like, really? Like, for real? And they're like, yeah, and here's what, we're, here's what we envision. Here's what we want to build. Uh, more road trips, play more concerts, more hours, the more money. Are you in? It'd be impossible for me to say no. So anyway, my contract was coming to an end on October 31st. And on Monday, I finally got in my hands, and my agent got in his hands, an actual formal written offer. And as per my contract, I have to submit those competing offers to the company as per what's in writing, because this stuff happens all the time, not only in radio, but in business. People come and they poach people that they want to work for them. So I present it to them, and at that point, you know, the company, the, you know, Saga had a choice. Uh, what do we do? I didn't know what they were going to do. I kind of knew they weren't going to match because it was an apples-to-oranges kind of offer that was going to be out of whack with what they had been paying me. So I figured they wouldn't match, but I thought, I don't know. Maybe they'll say, God, we can't get there, but we could do this. And would you like to do that in addition? We'd love to keep you. And then maybe I'd have something else to consider. Or they might have said, you know, we can't match this. And we understand you're probably going to go take this job anyway. But it's Monday. Why don't you just, can you work through the end of the week? And then we'll, at the end of the week, just give you a quick, hey, man, thanks a lot. We understand you're moving on. Away you go. They could have hosted a big party for me with a big cake and bullet. Now, that was not going to happen. Now, it it might have happened if, let's say, I had been given the offer to replace Mike Greenberg on Get Up on ESPN, and it was not going to be something that would be in the market or viewed in any way as a competitor. And it was one of these, like, huge steps up. Like, oh, my God. He, then I think, my guess is they would have, said, hey, you know what, we hate to lose you, but look look at our baby. He's all grown up. He's going to the Big Apple to go make Mike Greenberg $6 million a year. That didn't happen. I still view this opportunity as almost as good as that because I see the potential in it 
and I see the vision behind it, and I believe in the people that are involved, and I am so pumped up for it to start, which it will in springtime, and I'll talk more about it as it gets closer. But that was the choice, and it was tough. It was not me going, la, 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 see you later, suckers. This thing cost me financially, at least in the short term. It cost me personally, and it was it was unsettling. It is unsettling. I miss that segment right to this very moment, and I'll miss it for a long time. It was the most fun I had. It was like plugging in and playing loud and fast, and we didn't have to rehearse. We didn't have to plan anything. It was all organic because those guys are that good. And like I said, they made me better, and I always tried to steer them into topics and subjects and stories that I know they would absolutely kill it on. Things such as uniforms or whatever with Brian. And, you know, I I got to know, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I'd see a story and be like, oh, yeah, Bob's going to love this, or Brian is going to go to town on this. So it was difficult for me, and uh, all I could say is I miss it. It was a tough deal. Um, so what happened was, at that point, instead of anything like I described, I got the moon door, which if you watch Game of Thrones, nerd, you know about. And that's fine. I fully expected the shoop, right through the moon door, see you later. Because they're like, all right, well, you're leaving. We're not going to do anything to help you out if you're in any sort of competitive situation. So goodbye. And then, you know, Things went very quickly from there, like within 24, 48 hours. Now, the thing that I was pinned down by was I had to wait seven days because they had a right to match. And they didn't give me or my agent an official letter saying, we're not going to match you or released from this contract, blah, blah, blah. So my agent's like, shut up, don't say anything. And that was the hardest part. I was telling close friends, I, I can't talk right now. And, of course, in the void of darkness, with nobody saying anything, that's where internet rumors and Facebook nonsense grows. And you may have read some of it. You may not have. I, I deleted my Facebook account months ago, and I'm, I'm glad I did. If you like Facebook, that's fine. But it's just it's remarkable how many people that don't know anything about really what's going on have no problem jumping in with both feet you know, jumping on one side or the other. Not only did it did I have to kind of sit tight for seven days, but then once the seven days ended, this new opportunity hadn't really hatched yet because things were taking longer on their side of it, and so it was still a secret. And so I still couldn't talk then. Anyway, by that point, there had been enough, you know, teeth gnashing and whatnot. And I just said, okay, I'm going to, lay low, let this thing just be really quiet here. Um, And I think start of the first of the year, I'll say, okay, looking forward to this. But I did reach out to Bob and Brian to thank them for the chance they took on me because they had to approve me as their guy and they stuck by me all these years. And for putting up with my nonsense and cantankerousness and thank them for the 24 years of great radio and wish them the best. And I hold zero hard feelings whatsoever. I can't speak for them, and I won't speak for them. And I I don't know how they're feeling. The one big lesson I've learned from this 
and I think everyone learns it at some point in life, is you just can't control how other people perceive things and or feel about things. Um, so that's that. From my end, I am beyond pumped up for this new venture. Uh, I believe it's going to be great. Uh, I will be up there quite a bit. There'll be a lot of traveling. I'm not moving at this time, but if it takes off and does what I think it's going to do, then I think in the not-so-distant future, I'm going to be there, essentially, which will be cool. Because the other part of my 24 years with those guys and coming up there just once or twice a year was that, I'm telling you, I fell in love with the town. I fell in love with the people, fell in love with the the sense of community, and I fell in love with how much sports matters. That's the thing. It doesn't matter market size according to Nielsen ratings. Sports matter up there, and I love that. And I want to be a part of that, a bigger part of that. And so that's that's my story. Everyone has their side of the story. That's my story as best I can tell it and as honestly as I can tell it. And we move ahead in 2019. So I hope you're, uh, hope you're with me when this thing gets off the ground. Springtime. Coming spring 2019. John Elway gave a press conference, said that Case Keenum is the Broncos quarterback for next year. He is under contract. They do owe him a little bit more money. Two-year deal, $36 million total, 25 guaranteed. So if he if he does play next year, they'll owe him the full 36, be 18 and 18. He says uh, Keenum is their quarterback, but they're going to, quote, shake the trees for another quarterback. Elway also said Von Miller could play better next year. Von Miller's pretty good. Von Miller and Bradley Chupp had a pretty, pretty good year. I just wonder where is the quarterback tree and how hard do you have to shake it to get a decent one to fall out exactly. Mike Mayock is the new general manager of the Oakland Raiders. Some are bashing this move as a fantasy football move like, oh, yeah, that's an easy, lazy pick. I say, well, wait a minute. You're telling me he is less qualified than a guy like Mike Tannenbaum? asshat idiot in Miami, the same guy who was seen feet up on a desk, shorts on, with a big gulp cup in his hand during the Hard Knocks New York Jets saga when they were going to Darrell Revis's house to try to convince him to report to camp. Never struck me as a guy who knew what he was doing. And I'm sure there's a lot of GMs like that around the league. Mike Mayock knows his shit. He does his legwork. He researches college players. Now, people are cherry-picking the fact that he has been dead wrong on a lot of evaluations of players going back through the drafts. That's terribly unfair because he is the only guy that has had to show his work. Had he been an actual GM, they never have to publish who they really liked. You don't know the dumb ideas they might have had if they were only able to pick the guy they wanted to pick ahead of them that turned out to be a bust. I think you can do a lot worse than Mike Mayock as your GM. Hell, I think he's way more qualified than John Lynch is. And nobody seemed to bash the John Lynch hire. But good for Mike Mayock. And as long as Chucky G lets him do his thing, then, yeah, they might have a chance at success. 
Jimmy Graham had a totally forgettable, terrible season with the Green Bay Packers, and he played the entire year and was healthy essentially the entire year. 55 catches, 636 yards, two touchdowns. That is a far cry from when Jimmy Graham was saying, I want to be classified as a wide receiver so I can get that sweet, sweet wide receiver money. I think if you play a full season with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, that you could get a lot of guys that could put up those type of numbers from Crabtree to Donald Lee, Spencer Havner, you name it. Jimmy Graham's been a disappointment, no question. Did you see Baker Mayfield's sleight of hand on a little jet sweep fake action pass early third quarter in the Browns versus Ravens game? It was pretty cool. I don't know if it had any effect whatsoever on selling the Ravens defense on the play. Basically, jet sweep action, running back or wide slot receivers coming in front of him. And as the slot receiver comes in front of him, Baker just tosses the ball in the air to himself. Just boop, pops it up in the air to himself, and then catches it and goes back and throws a 30-yard rifle downfield. I said after the game when Mayfield was picked off to end the game, maybe I went too far on Twitter. People have no sense of humor. I said, I hope one of the Ravens players pulls his pants down, rubs his junk in Baker's face, and then says, oh, what? I'm just being competitive. I don't back down from it. I'm just having fun. And then some people were tweeting, if you don't like Baker Mayfield, you don't like the NFL. For the record, I like Baker Mayfield, the player. I My eyes have been opened, and I have changed my opinion. I didn't think he was going to be good. I thought he was going to be a douche bust. Along the lines of, but not nearly as bad as, Jonathan Manziel. And I have been proven terribly wrong on that. I like his game. I just don't care for the staring down of... Hugh Jackson, a second time. I'm okay if he doesn't want to bro-hug him and he shakes his hand. Like, I was okay with that, but my line is, you don't have to stare him down. Seriously? And the big balls dance afterwards. Like, I have a line of, that. no, too much, douchey. And don't make it an all-or-nothing choice. Like, either you like the whole package or you don't like him at all. No, I'm going to tell you what parts of Baker Mayfield I do and do not like. Michael Lombardi tweeted the following quote from Bill Walsh regarding owners in the NFL. At the top of the club, I think this is from a book, at the top of the club you've got the owner. He doesn't have the knowledge he should have. He has a knowledge of business. He made it quickly. He wants things to be done quickly without quite knowing how. In the middle somewhere is the GM. Nobody knows why he's gotten to that position. He's firmly within the owner's comfort zone. He demands quite a salary for doing very little. Then there's the personnel man, often a frustrated player or coach. He justifies his position by sending the scouts out to do his work. Then there's the coach, writes Walsh. He's in there with the assistants at midnight looking over film again and again trying to find out what is wrong. And while he's in there, the owner and the GM and the personnel man are having dinner. And over martinis, they're talking about the team. The GM will say, look, we got the best facilities and administration and exhibition schedule. We've set up every possibility to do, a, to do a job. The personnel man says, well, we've certainly got the players. We had a great draft, I know, because I read it in the papers. And they say, look, everybody knows Smith is a guard, not a tackle. Everybody knows he should be playing instead of Jones. Everybody knows so-and-so should be the quarterback. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows that. So they put their heads together, writes Walsh. 
And what do we do? So they get a new coach, obviously in the GM's comfort zone, but not too strong a threat. The personnel man's going to side with the GM on anything. He knows where he got his job, and the cycle starts all over again. Every seven or eight years, a GM is spat out, and the situation continues to exist. Why? Television, the hype, NFL films, NFL properties. Well, it should get the hype. The NFL is a great sport, but it sure is tough on coaches. Bill Walsh, some 40 years ago. Great quote. Bowl season is winding down, so it's time to get in before it's all over with my bookie. Don't be the guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching the game, whooping it up. No, not this year. Not with all the bowl games that have already gone on and with bowl games still to bet on. You can do it right now, including the national championship, Jan 7. It really is still the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership cares and has good customer service. They offer the craziest props as well. Whether you bet, Where you bet is just as important as who you are betting on. And if you want to make money during the bowl season, you've got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. Join now and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice fat bankroll to get going. Use promo code ZABE, that's ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, when you deposit to activate the offer. At my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Which brings us to my favorite owner, Dan Snyder, who did not talk to Jay Gruden on Monday and did not, the team did not put out any statement that Jay Gruden is safe for 2019. They didn't fire him today, but they didn't say he was safe. Gruden himself at his presser chortled when somebody said, so do you expect any personnel changes? Or not any personnel, do you expect any coaching changes? Jay's response literally was, no, no, like, heck, come on, no. Jay was wearing jeans as well, which is fine, I guess, just looked weird. Thought he could have put on some coaching sweats or something. And he... uh He then said, I don't even know why I'm here because I'm required to be here. It was locker clean-out day, the last chance for players to say whatever they want to say to the media. And certainly some players for the Redskins did just that. Josh Norman said that if he just were to win one Super Bowl, quote, you could kiss my ass, I'm out of here. I've got so many more things going on besides this. And I'm looking forward to, I don't know if he said looking forward to, but he basically said, I got... I got a lot of things a lot bigger than this, meaning football. I understand where Josh is coming from, and I I want him to pursue all those things. Good for him. There is life after football. There's a lot of life after football. That's one of the biggest problems for football players is their careers are so short, and they're so addicted to the game, they get spit out of the league, and they're 31 years old. Shit, what are you going to do now? And the hell of it is, you're, unless you get a sweet network TV job, you're probably never, ever going to make the money you made playing football. So you have to sort of reconcile that. The problem for Josh Norman is this. Fans who are heavily invested in the team, season tickets, watching, merchandise, etc., they live and die with every game, they don't want to hear about, I got a lot going on besides this. They don't want to hear that. They may know that. They don't want to hear you say that because then they start thinking, well, how much of your mind was really into this year? 
How much does it burn at you that you didn't win? You could say, well, he did sit on the bench and he was in deep, deep contemplation when Taylor Lewan came over and shot the fake bow and arrow at him. They got into a little bit of a skirmish. That shows he cares. He was in his locker, still fully dressed, 45 minutes after the game, wasn't moving, wasn't talking. Doesn't that show that he cares? Yeah, maybe, I guess. But then you hear things like, all I want is one championship and then I'm out of here because I got a lot of other things going on. Doesn't exactly inspire awe or confidence. Hey there. Well, another season has come to rest, Andrew. And it's no better than most of the seasons under Dan Snyder's tenure. Well, been 20 of them, and 15 of them have been non-winning. I would say it was probably a typical Dan Snyder-owned season. <laughs> right. Mediocre in its own way, but full of nonsense. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And, and here we are. So let's see. We are now 20 years in uh, to the Dan, you know, 20 full seasons of Dan Snyder. And he is 139, 180, and 1. Zero 11-win seasons in that span. Only five playoff appearances, 99, 05, 07, 12, and 15. The 99 appearance, I have a number of people in my timeline, Andy, saying he doesn't deserve credit for that. Yeah, I'd say that's that's fair because all the moves that were made for that season were made by Charlie Casserly. Uh, Snyder was not approved as an owner until May. So the draft had already taken place. Free agency had already taken place. The cake was already baked. And didn't you say he tried to get the Brad Johnson trade with the Vikings undone and it was unsuccessful? I I don't know how far he took it, but I was told that he asked about it. He said, well, we don't need him. Why did we do this? Right. And, (laughs) and, And Johnson although he tailed off at the end of the year, uh, had built up enough wins in the early part of the season to uh, make them a 10-win team. And they actually won the division that year, after which they hung a banner across Redskin Park yeah, that they had won the division. And then <laughs> that winter, the, Dan Snyder went hog wild. Bruce Smith, Jeff George, Deion Sanders. What? We shouldn't be aggressive? I still remember the HBO Real Sports interview he did, which is like the last televised interview he has ever done in which he says with a smirk well so we're aggressive so what what's wrong with that well how'd that season end up not too good yeah and in in talking to Vinny Serrato before that season began he said well everything will be fine as long as Dion doesn't retire well Dion retired right after that season and that put them in further hell two playoff wins 99 in which they beat the Lions at home 2005 in which they beat the Buccaneers on the road. Mm-hmm. They've had three home playoff games. They lost them all. That includes... No, one, one. Uh, two, one, one, and, one and two. One and two. They lost in 2012 when RG knee, RG3's knee crumpled yeah. in a heap. And then they lost in 2015 to the Packers 
when they took an eleven nothing lead or eleven to six lead or something weird like that, and yeah, then it all got away was, from them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, oh well. Not only that, uh, they the Packers had not been running the ball that well that season, and they ran all over the Redskins that day. Uh, in fact, Eddie Lacy broke a big run, yep. and because he was still so fat. He, he got mm-hmm. caught from behind at, like, the 10-yard line. It was pretty embarrassing for Eddie Lacy, yeah. but they, they pretty much swamped us. Quarterbacks, 20 in the 20 years of Dan Snyder. Unbelievable. Head coaches, eight in those 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, you know, the only, uh, the only really, I wouldn't call it a home run, but the only double he hit was Joe Gibbs and Joe Gibbs got him out of a messy situation. And really before and after his moves, not good, not good at all. And this season began six and three. It finished one and six. It included two broken legs, 24 players on IR, one player cut for insubordination, one player picked up off the crime blotter, one player parked on the NFI list after being on the crime blotter, one headphone incident, one Instagram scandal, (laughs) and zero Bruce Allen interviews, Andy. Will we hear from the Prince of Darkness any time this offseason? Well, he he does not speak to local people. He does speak to national people. How do we find out about the Reuben Foster quote-unquote investigation from Lisa Salter's uh, conversation with him? How did we find out that Jay Gruden will likely be back? Chris Myers' conversation with him. Maybe somebody has to dress up, put on a disguise, and say, <laughs> Hello, I am a national reporter. Would you like to do an interview with me? That's Imagine the only that. Talk. A hidden yeah. camera interview that, that is a gotcha. Almost like yeah. a candid camera to get Bruce Allen to actually face the music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably, you know, J.P. Finley could put on like a, a, a great disguise. And right at the end, just as he turns off the camera, he says, ha ha, gotcha. Bruce. Sucker. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's see. What do we got? What do we got? What do we need? We got a quarterback who may end up retiring. He's got a lengthy and grueling recovery ahead of him. We need cap space because of that deal for said quarterback. Need a new wide receiver one because clearly we don't have a one. Did you see – you did see this, I know, but I'm just saying this rhetorically. The catches that Alshon Jeffrey made, those are wide receiver one catches. Am I right? Yeah. And have oh, you yeah. seen yeah. Josh Doxson ever make a catch that takes your breath away? He's made a couple of very nice catches. But, but no are, breathtaking catches. No, no, those those are routine for, for Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, you got to get one of those guys, and you drafted this guy in the first round. He looks good, you know, combine guy who's, what, 6'3", great speed, made some really great catches in college, but against NFL defensive yeah. backs, he's just, eh, average. And, and you might need more running backs. I, I don't know what your thought is on Peterson, I personally thank him for the season he gave us, and I would not bring him back. That's a well, backwards-looking move, if you ask me. I, I agree with that. The uh, I was watching Jake Gruden's news conference this afternoon, and he was asked about the running backs that they have, and he called the group, quote, interesting. <laughs> uh, he was very complimentary of Peterson, right. but I thought the word interesting, interesting. Yeah. Was, was, was somewhat telling, yeah. Um, that's that's an yeah. insult by way of faint praise, almost like telling a girl she's got a good personality. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, he had 
zero yards yesterday. I, right. I understand that, you know, they were they were totally overmatched and, and couldn't do anything, but zero yards. You're a Hall of Fame running back. You ought to find a way to get twenty five or thirty in a game like that. I would I would say no to Peterson. I would also get out of the Colt business, but I know there's zero chance of that because he might be the starting quarterback come week one. But that's a whole different story. Free agents, you've got Haha Clinton Dix who you traded for He's terrible. You cannot give him a contract. They probably will. Preston Smith, I don't think deserves a contract. Didn't show much this year. Crowder was hurt half the year. When he's healthy, I like him. He dropped a lot of balls the year before. Yeah. Uh, Ty Inseki is 34 years old, but a valuable backup lineman. I would sign him again. And mm-hmm. then you got Ari Kwanjo, who I don't think is very good, but I'm not qualified to judge line play. He's an Alabama guy. He's got pedigree, so <laughs> right. why not? You know, and if you're trying and if you're going for the for the long ball, if you're going to try and talk Nick Saban into coming here, oh, keep God. all the Alabama guys. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I would also let Josh Norman walk. I would eat yep. the cap hit from him. I think that's going to happen there. Well, the, it would create cap space if they release him after June 1st. And he, he did in his exit interview today uh, with reporters. He said. Just get me a Super Bowl and I'll retire. I got other things in my life. This is a stepping stone. Oh my stepping god! Stone. If this talk is about a, a guy stone, who is Dunsky. Wow. Yeah, well, he's he's a typical Redskin free agent signing, and he comes here and he hypes himself to the moon. You remember all the stuff that he did before he ever played a game with the Redskins? He took some reporter from ESPN with him to Italy. You know, I'm a Renaissance man. I have so many interests. <laughs> well, he did just, He just, did, did this stuff on Fox on the weekends as well. He did moonlighting yeah, out that, in L.A. I don't think that was a big deal because he never oh, okay. did it, you know, during the week of a game. So but, what's the big but, deal about taking a reporter to Italy? But um, No, but it's just that he it, it was like he was the second coming of Deion Sanders, except well, he wasn't. Well, that's the thing. See, he got paid all that money, and so yeah. that elevates you, and he was never that good. He became another one of Dan Snyder's fake superstars, of mm-hmm. which we have had many in the past. And gonna, how did they get him? How did they sign him? They sent Redskin one to Atlanta to pick up him and his whole family. They're really good at that. Well, they got him because Carolina had franchise tagged him. They had a stalemate over a long-term deal. Then all of a sudden, Carolina says, you know what, never mind. They take the franchise tag off, and Dan swoops in thinking, oh, this is how smart teams operate. We're going to go snatch him. Now, he would have been signed by somebody else, make no mistake, but it's similar to the Trotter situation when he was uh, a Philadelphia Eagle. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. Had to go get him. Yeah, that's, Go that's... get him! All right, so so Jay is likely to come back. There is no indication that he's going to get fired. You've got eight NFL coaches already fired either during the season or on Black Monday. I think Danny is petrified at picking ninth because I would say the Redskins opening would be the ninth most attractive of the nine openings. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Look, if, if you go to the Jets, you got Sam Darnold. If you come here, you got a 34-year-old guy coming off a broken leg and a, and a brittle backup. If, and if he Johnson. even comes back. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. So, so, so one thing in, in taking a job, you got to have a quarterback. And they clearly don't have a quarterback here. Yeah, and it's going to take another year to sort it out. Another yeah. year for either Alex to come fighting back and join the team midseason and hopefully play well, or he retires and then you take a year of suck and you go draft a guy and you start over in 2020. 
All that said, so Jay's going to stick around. Bruce, I think, is going to survive, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No, okay. I think that's that's clear, yeah. And that brings us to the Joe Jackson-Gibbs question of the day and of the week. You think there's a possibility he's trotted out by Snyder as a Hail Mary panacea with a made-up title like CEO to help right the ship. Yeah, I think I think they could bring him to a press conference. He's the only thing that makes the fan base feel good. Now, I've been reminded by quite a few people that the Gibbs that the younger generation knows is a sub-500 coach who got him to two playoffs when he was here. They don't remember the glory days of the 80s and the early right. 90s. Right. Uh, but I think still a significant uh, part of your ticket-buying public is is familiar with that period of time. Um, if, but, if this happens, if they yeah. actually give him a title and try to sell it, like Joe's going to come to the rescue again, I will be more disgusted than I have ever been with this team, and I will be more heartbroken for a guy that was my idol, Andy, than ever. It will be well, a, sh- a shameful spectacle. You've got to be kidding me. Well, there's one thing about NASCAR. No matter how successful you are, you, need you always need cash. No. And where has he gone before when he needs cash? He goes to the Danny store. And, uh, you know, Gibbs, his son, his older son was running the racing team. And I understand he has some kind of a neurological disease. Um, I don't know what effect that has had on the business or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, is it possible he's back for more cash? Well, uh, it's possible. And look. I won't begrudge anybody for going to get the cash where they can best get it. All I'm saying, it's heartbreaking for a guy that, like you and everyone else, held in such insanely high esteem. We were bound to be let down at some point. I was going through this with people on Twitter yesterday. When Gibbs came here and kept Vinny in place, I was crushed, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. In his first go-round, he did not do personnel. He Charlie Castle or Bobby Bathard. So I guess he was somewhat comfortable with that. I've also been told that he was spending a significant amount of time on NASCAR. He's still coaching the football team. And if you look at the 20-year run of Snyder, he had more yeah. success than anybody. But reality is, you know, he came here at an age where he was, you know, he was in his 60s. The racing team was already established. And to think that he was going to be, you know, knee deep in personnel too was was I think ridiculous. All right, two things real quick. Do you have any uh, shots you want to get in on Kirk, who came up short what? yesterday and led to great happiness amongst all the Kirk haters from far and wide? Well, I'm I'm not a Kirk hater, but I just find it so ironic that the Minnesota Vikings, about thirty years apart, thought they were one player away. And it turned out to be a disaster. They were one player away with Herschel Walker. Oh, they right. They traded most, most of their draft to the Cowboys and basically built the Cowboys dynasty over the next, you know, five, eight years. And in this case, you know, you got Case Keenum, you get to the NFC Championship game, and you go, well, one more and we're over the hump. And <laughs> they don't get it done. Now, his numbers were good. Didn't he throw? Numbers are great. They're career highs. Career highs yeah. in yardage, 70% completions, touchdowns, yeah. 30. But you know what? Didn't get it done in the clutch, and that even I can't excuse. Lastly, Andy, what are your New Year's resolutions? Well, I'm on EMP 180, so I'm already down nine pounds on that. So nice. I'll get, my, 
goal weight. Yeah, I got another eight to go, so I want to hit that. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, I've picked up a little bit more work here at WJFK. I'd like to get back. I don't know if it would be possible, but at some point a full-time radio job, that would be nice to do. And uh, So you, you, don't know, really have any, you don't really have any resolutions. You already live a pretty buttoned-up life. Yeah, pretty clean life. You know, okay. I, I can like I, to do. But can, I, I, can I make one resolution for you? Please. Live a little. <laughs> That's all. Like, That's all. Just live a little. I'd love it if you could do that. Work that into your routine. If I come to you on your Vegas trip, would that qualify as living a little? Yes. Do you want to come? When is it again? Tell me again. March 28th, and I can get you a hotel. I'll comp your hotel room for the night. This is one night. That's all I get in Vegas is one night? <laughs> Andy, <laughs> you'd be ready to leave after one night. We can work on no. it. We can work on it if you want to come. I will work on getting you there. I will work on at least the hotel. I can't do airfare, but I'll work on the hotel. Understood. Is that is that the Sweet 16? Yeah. 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 Oh, I had a great time. We did this twice before. I really enjoyed that. So maybe well, I, I will do that. That would be good because we are. I am going to do a live podcast for an hour prior to the games, and you being part of the podcast would uh, be a nice addition. People would like to see you. I would, I would very much enjoy that. And, Let's uh, resolve to give it a try. No guarantees, but we'll give it a try. All right, Andy. Sounds good. Happy New Year. Hail to the Redskins. Another season down the drain, and we'll see you next year uh, in Redskin land, miserable as it may be. Very good. Happy New Year to you and to all the podcast people. All right, buddy. See you. All right. Talk to you later. I will conclude on this today, and I wish everyone a happy New Year. My resolutions for 2019. A couple simple ones, and if I do well on them, maybe I'll add some more. It's not illegal to add new resolutions as the year goes on. Resolution number one, no more returning shit. No, I'm serious. I don't care what it is. If I buy something, I'm keeping it. That's going to force me, at least I hope it will, to end this absurd cycle of buying and returning and buying and returning because obviously it's a sickness. And I'm doing this because something in me needs this endorphin rush of, yeah, got to get this new gimbal for my Sony a7 III. It's going to be sweet. Give me nice, smooth cinematic footage. Oh, yeah? What have you filmed lately? Shut up. I need it. Got it. Love it. This is great. Look how smooth this is. I'm going to make some awesome films. No, you're not. You're right. Box it up. Send it back. Waste the 12 bucks in return shipping, even though there is no restocking fee. I need to stop doing that. So that's resolution number one. Resolution number two is no more 7-Eleven. There is not a damn thing I need at 7-Eleven. There's nothing good at 7-Eleven. And that's going to be tough on my buddy Prad who I've befriended at my local 7-Eleven because I go there not only every day, I go there multiple times every day, usually morning and then afternoon, to get a big gulp and to get a stupid five-hour energy. Listen, i got to get all five-hour energy as well. Not because I think it's bad for me. It's got a bunch of B12 and niacin, some other stuff. It's just that I've wasted so much money on it. I get one in the morning, 
and I get one in the afternoon. Two a day. One in the morning, one in the afternoon. And I justify it saying, well, it's like my coffee. $3 at least each. Now they've jacked the price up on the so-called extra strength to $3.59. $7 a day on those stupid four-ounce bottles that I think are nothing but mental placebos for me. I think like, oh, this really gives me a little energy, makes me feel kind of alive. No, that's a waste of money. And the big gulps, I got to get off Diet Coke. Diet Coke is going to take a little while, but I'm going to start by taking it just one day at a time. That's my other resolution. Take it one day at a time. So if I have a day in which I slip and I fall and I go back to 7-Eleven, I don't then say, okay, well, that's it. The month is ruined. I'll start next month or whatever new milestone I want. Get right back on the horse one day at a time because there's probably going to be days in which I screw up. And that's it. Other than that, just, you know, have fun, talk sports, be creative, continue with the Zabecast, meet people, interact with people, bring happiness and interesting stuff to people's lives by way of my voice. Uh, Do some more promotions. Have a great Zabe Vegas. I'm looking forward to that. Start this new venture in the springtime and get it off on a good, robust start and begin building something really awesome. And uh, spend as much time with my family and my kids as I can because, dang it, man, they get old quickly. They really do. Play more golf. Well, now you're adding a lot of resolutions. Okay. Let's keep it limited. We'll start with no returning stuff, no 7-Eleven. If I can just do that, I'll be off to a roaring start in 2019. And that will be a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a couple friends, download and like, get the 2019 year off on a good foot for the Zabecast. I appreciate everybody who listens. Subscribe to the premium edition. That's Zabe.com slash premium. Podcasts are the future. You know it. You love it. Email me, Zabe at Yahoo.com. Now, go on out there and try not to break any of your resolutions in the very first day. And we will see you next time. Bowl season is winding down, so it's time to get in before it's all over with my bookie. Don't be the guy with no rooting interest as your relatives or friends sit around watching the game, whooping it up. No, not this year. Not with all the bowl games that have already gone on and with bowl games still to bet on. You can do it right now, including the national championship, Jan 7. It really is still the most wonderful time of the year. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership cares and has good customer service. They offer the craziest props as well. Whether you be- Where you bet is just as important as who you are betting on. And if you want to make money during the bowl season, you've got to go to MyBookie. I trust them, but you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out yourself. Join now and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice fat bankroll to get going. Use promo code ZABE, that's ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, when you deposit to activate the offer. At my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid.